What happens when you bring together people from all generations and backgrounds and have honest, heartfelt, and interesting conversations? You get Gen to Gen, Conversations with Perspective. This season, we are covering the day, September 11th, 2001, a moment in history. This year, remember the events of that day, 18 years after they happened in real time. We will revisit the day from a host of perspectives, including my own. A brief editorial note, because this date was real, these events were real, and our emotions were real, we have made a conscious editorial decision to not censor any of the news clippings or interviews. Because this day was real, and these are stories, and they're raw, and they're true. And because of that, this podcast may be triggering for some listeners, and we advise caution to listen when you can. first three episodes of this season of Gen to Gen, we've focused in on what was 9-11. We had news clippings and clippings from the president speaking, heard from all of our interviewees about what 9-11 was for them and what they were doing and where they were when they first heard of the attacks. We dove into a little bit about the that early day, those experiences that, that all of our participants had. In this episode, we're going to focus in on a little bit of the the random moments that, that they remember that were unique to their experience. Because while we all have this shared experience of seeing the planes hit or the, or the towers collapsing or, or replay of the towers collapsing, we all have those unique moments that were ours and they're even more personal than what we, we were thinking and feeling when we first heard about the attacks. So our first clip is going to be from Yad, uh, again, who was in, who is an Iraqi, was living in Iraq at the time, was 11 years old, and he talks about how people in his part of the country couldn't even respond, couldn't even process, because the power was out, and what that meant, and how he sees the response from his own country. I do recall this, uh, the day afterwards, uh, the electricity went off. That was the first thing. Um, I, I think the biggest confusion have been since then. Whenever I talk to anyone about um, that that day, is that there there is this image that people in Iraq were actually were kind of watching and like somehow might they might even have cheered for like oh yeah you know we weren't against the enemy or something like that. But people were in the dark, so there was no discussion about it. I remember until like even the evening afterwards and electricity came back on and um, see this is the thing um, I guess this is also a context I should include there was no satellite and there's no any there's no way to know about what's happening outside the country and the main channels were the one that were very censored and controlled by the old regime and that included entertainment and um, edited stories so when electricity comes back on after a day or so and there's entertainment people will talk about that um, i think that was the first 
reaction. And then the following the week after that, they were like, this is bad. This is not good. It, like people are not like you don't know what to talk about or who to talk to about it. Um, but yeah, then very soon later, I think it became a big theme in the news because obviously it became an international thing. And then we remember that Alan was working in Manhattan, saw the second plane hit from his office's rooftop, and then he had to get home. And having lived in New York City during Hurricane Sandy, I remember the experience of people having trouble getting to and from, but that, that we planned for that. We knew it was going to be a challenge post-Sandy. 9-11, there was no planning. And the sheer uncertainty on that island must have been incredible. And he tells us a little bit about what those first few minutes and hours were like when everyone understood and realized this is bad and I need to get home. You know, I remember all of us crowding into elevators and, and downstairs. I, I don't feel like it was a panicked rush, though. I feel like it was a trickle out, but then it sort of intensified more and more people, more and more people leaving. Um, uh, and then, I re- and then you know, there was a lot of sort of milling around or standing around in front of the building, like people waiting, like people not knowing what they were supposed to do next. But then, but then, then people started walking briskly uptown and away from from the the towers you know there there was so much smoke and you know and also what was just incredibly disturbing was people like there were people running past us who were actually had actually been in the um you know right there at ground zero and like holding their shoes and like you know, some people were like, there was some, like, some people were bloody. I mean, people just looked like it was a mess. And then we have that first grade teacher, her first year of teaching, her first set of students, and this happens. And they're looking to her for the answers. And now she's been teaching for 18 years, and she has a unique approach to dealing with talking about September 11th, 2001. I guess I always remember that little girl, you know, and the tears in her eyes as she's telling me this. And like I said, as a new teacher, I was like, do I believe her? An airplane flew into a building. Like, you know. And then that night when I saw it on the news, just thinking back to how did I react to that student? And it changes how I, it changed how I react now after teaching 18 years. And on September 11th, I always have my kids watch the video and we talk about it. Because they weren't born. The kids I have now, it's history. And so I think it's very important to share with them you know, the video, and then half the kids are crying, and and we can have a really good discussion about it. Well, really, it comes down to how can our decisions hurt others? And that's what we focus on. You know, we don't necessarily talk about us flying a plane into a building, but just 
if I make this decision, if I choose to go through a red light, what could happen? You know, or if you push over so-and-so's chair, you think it's funny. You made a bad decision, but what all could happen in that? And so it just becomes this big discussion. There was another piece of Alan's interview that I want to make sure to share with you. It was about a phone call he had with his husband at some point in the day, who's a doctor, and he called Alan at home to say something that at some point during the day we all probably recognized, but he was seen firsthand. And it this one hit home for me. My husband is a, um, is an emergency room doctor, and I remember him. I, I don't think he went down to ground zero itself. I think he went to one of the... Um, he, he went to one of those sort of um, stations where they were bringing people um, who had been injured. And I remember him calling me and saying, um, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. And, uh, you know, it was pretty clear to him and soon clear to everybody that, that there weren't going to be a lot of survivors. Yeah. And after all of that, What's happening in Iraq, in this schoolroom in Chicago, in Manhattan, we have Michael, Michael Brian Dunn, who is off in Baltimore working on a production of a new show. He's not going to talk about that. He's going to talk about what he's working on now, which is ironically something connected to September 11th. He's currently on the traveling show of Come From Away a Broadway production of true stories of what happened with the airplanes that were coming from overseas and had to land in Newfoundland. An incredible story about a community coming together to welcome home all of these international strangers, house them, feed them, clothe them, until the the skies were opened again. And so from all of the, the uncertainty, the fear, of all of our other stories, we have this story of a group of people from such differing backgrounds on a terrible, terrible day coming together and taking care of each other. It's a, it's a musical Broadway show, and it is about the, all the planes on that day that were diverted coming across uh, from Europe. You know, as, as we all maybe don't remember, but uh, every plane was grounded uh, almost immediately. They were grounded uh, over all of the airspace. And they had to land somewhere, and all the planes that were crossing the Atlantic uh, the closest airport was in Gander, Newfoundland, and that it used to be a major uh, landing for uh, airport for fuel refueling for all the flights that would cross the Atlantic. Uh, no longer is it used for that so much. It's an active airport, but it's enormous. And uh, 38 planes landed uh, in Newfoundland, in Gander, this small town. Uh, and were grounded there for days and days and days. And these the people of Gander said, well, we can't let them just sit there on those planes. They, we've got to get them off those planes. 
there are hundreds and hundreds of people. There's 5,000 people, you know, on those planes total. So they took them into the community and they organized and organized and they came together en masse to, to, to feed them, clothe them, entertain them, take them into their homes, take them into the firehouses, the, 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 the legions, the, wherever they could fit these people, they brought them in. Relationships were born out of it. Um, uh, goodwill was, was, was born out of it. And they did it just because they felt they had to. There was no, there was no ulterior motive. They, they saw a, a task at hand and they went to it. Well, that wraps up this episode and we'll be back for one more one final episode to pull all of this together all these stories while not actually intertwined are absolutely intertwined in their connection to the day their connection to history and i can't wait to share that final episode with you when we, when we, when we pull this all together if you do have comments or want to share your own september 11th stories please head over to our twitter Gen to Gen podcast or our Instagram, which is under the same name, Gen to Gen podcast. Send us a message, comment on one of the pictures about where you were, what you're doing, what you thought that day, a unique experience. We'd love to hear it and share it in that final episode. Again, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gen to Gen podcast. If you loved it or hated it, please do leave us a rating wherever you're listening. And if you loved it, do tell your friends about it. And be sure to follow us online on Instagram or Twitter at Gen to Gen podcast. That's Gen, the number two, Gen podcast. I'm your host, Richard Didor, and this show is mixed and produced by Sprout Media at GoSproutMedia.com with consulting help from Steve Adams. Special thanks to five guests, Yad Conrad, Max McLaughlin, Alan Samuel Cohen, Michael Brian Dunn, and Tracy Didor. Music credit goes to Joseph McDade. Thanks for listening. was mixed and produced by Sprout Media, a digital media firm in Des Moines, Iowa, who believes in doing things differently. They believe in putting consumers and clients first, being a partner in marketing, and inspiring your tomorrow. They build websites, create digital media strategies, shoot and produce videos, and edit and produce podcasts just like this one. Check out Sprout Media at GoSproutMedia.com, where you can subscribe to their podcast, The Buzz Addiction, or even request a free consultation. That's GoSproutMedia.com.